0: Want any version of that recorded anywhere? It's hard enough at school, not saying it out loud sometimes with things that they do, like are you oh okay, never mind it's It's difficult for me not to say how much I just love those kids <laughs> um, I'm gonna pray, but first I'm gonna. Just introduce you to the two questions. Um, question number forty is, "What should we pray?" And I thought I'd make it look like the website today. Yeah, what should we pray? And the answer is, um, the whole Word of God directs and inspires us in what we should pray, including the prayer Jesus Himself taught us. Um, so before I get to the second one, and I, you know, I understood why you said let's combine these two. Um, It's interesting, I feel like this last year we've learned a lot about prayer as a church, especially if you've been here for a little while. There's been a lot of times where this topic has come up a lot. And uh, I think even in the last few weeks, talking about what prayer is and those things, even those things have been helpful. Um, I also think of the uh, missionary that came, Dan Burris. That message was... It's interesting how, isn't it interesting how you'll have different sermons have lasting impressions in your life? And what's even more interesting to me is when a particular sermon has a lasting impression on multiple people's lives. And that particular one, I've heard more than one of you comment on that one. Especially, I think think it was the timing, because we were talking about that in Luke already, and then for him to come in right at that time and bring up this element of the Spirit's role in our prayer. Um, I've walked away from all of that feeling much more motivated to pray. Um, I don't know if that's the right word. I think maybe the word might be, instead of motivated, I think it might be inclined, which is slightly different than motivated. But there's an inclination I have to prayer that is more rooted in a confidence, not that what I'm praying I'm going to get, although I wish I had more of that, but in a confidence that it's being heard in a way that is understood, that the Spirit's genuinely hearing. Like So when I pray or when you pray, that the very Spirit of God is taking that in in a way that's meaningful, hearing it, hearing it, the way a, the way a parent that's genuinely, you guys, all, you guys know, there's times when you're talking to your parents and they're not listening, right? Let's be honest. You know it too when they're not doing it, right? You're talking to them and you can see the look in their eye where they're like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That's when you try to pull those things where you like ask for something you know they'd normally say no and you try to throw that in there because you don't think they're really listening, And usually they catch it a few seconds later. They're like, sure, sure, wait a minute. (laughs) But the Spirit doesn't listen to us that way. The Spirit is listening the way a parent, when a parent's genuinely, really listening to what you've got to say. That's the way the Spirit is listening. But then the Spirit is conveying that in a way. And the picture I've been getting in my head of what that process looks like is kind of like, if I'll borrow Wesley for a moment, um, here, Wesley, come here. Um, it's kind of like this. If we're going to, if you're going to the Father to pray, it's kind of like, like this, like the arm around, like as you're presenting and 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 the Spirit is conveying those things as you are bring it up. I mean, you're still talking to the Father, but the Spirit's there to. Inter- okay, I'm done with you. <clears throat> but that's the that's the sense I get, the feel I get when I pray. Now has been I almost. And I don't know if this sounds weird, but I almost detect the arm of the Spirit around my shoulder and, and the presence of the Father in those same moments. Um, so anyway, that's my, been my experience. And so even when we address this stuff, it's been interesting. The second thing I want to mention is because this obviously goes to including the, the prayer that Jesus himself taught us because the next question is, what is the Lord's Prayer? Feel free to click show answer, guys. Go ahead. Oh, there you go. Uh, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So here's this Lord's Prayer. I'm not going to read it just yet. It was actually on June 19th of this year that we were preaching through Luke, and we got to Luke chapter 11, where we preached on the Lord's Prayer. And so, out of curiosity, I thought, you know what, for the notes of this, instead of just redoing everything, I thought, this is the second time I've had this year to reuse the notes. I never get to do that. And so I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull those notes up and just see what, what was that message then, what was I talking about, and how does that relate. And so I've kept almost the entirety of that particular sermon's notes for what I'm going to talk about today. And so uh, uh, we'll, we'll jump into this, um, but uh, I want to pray, pray before we begin, and uh, pray that this, this morning won't be... Well, let's, let's pray to the Father with the Spirit interceding for us, that we as a group, as we look at the Lord's Prayer, that God would, even in a deeper way than even we already have, help us to understand how we can pray to the Father. Heavenly Father, I just want to come before you now, and Lord, we are trusting all these things that we've learned about just the economy of of prayer and what's going on, even as we're doing this in this very moment, that there are very real Grand spiritual realities that are happening as as we pray Lord, even now as i'm speaking words but the others in this room are Either echoing or adding to in their minds the, the Their thoughts and the intents of what they hope to get from you today Lord, it's just a miraculous amazing miracle of the very spirit of god interceding for us As we bring these thoughts to you And lord, you are a loving father that's going to hear our requests and Lord, we know that our, that the Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God, will be interceding for us as we say these things, so that in you and in Christ, Lord, all things, all of these answers are yes. And Lord, I just praise you for that, in Christ's name, amen. All right, so um, I'm going to go through this, and I'm going to be curious as to how much of this comes back to you I'd like you to do two things though one is uh, if you have your Bible I'd like you to open it up to Matthew chapter 6 starting with verse 5 Matthew 6 5 now if you have a phone I don't know how easily you can do this because I'm going to have you switch back and forth between two passages so I don't know if you can some of those apps you can just click back and it goes right back to the last passage and go forward and go back to the one you were just at because the other passage, or maybe the person next to you could have one, and you could have the other one. The other one is Luke 11, verse 1. And so I'm just going to, with my Bible, I want to keep these marked up here. Uh, why did I pick Matthew 6, 5, and Luke 11, 1? What's 1? What's the purpose, you think? Yeah, it's the Lord's Prayer, um, how Luke relates it, and how Matthew relates it, right? And I think... I think my mom just said, and they're a little different, right? There's there's some variation between the way the two are related. Um, by the way, what do you, what do you think that means? If somebody um, were to question you about this, what how would you respond to that? Did did either Matthew or Luke get get it wrong? Did they misquote? If it's different, how would you? I'm just curious. I don't. I'm not looking for something. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, oh, that's a really good example, isn't it? Anybody else thoughts on that? If somebody were to... Must be really important. But what about the words that are different? So what, what do we do with this? Different interpretation. Different interpretation? Mm-hmm. So the question that always comes to my mind because I'm a, that mathematical, analytical person is I go, I wonder which words Jesus actually said. What would you say to that? Well I mean, what if somebody came up to you and said, um, "If we could get in a time machine and go back in time and find out that what he actually said is, "Forgive us our sins, not forgive us our debts." What would you say about either Matthew or Luke? What's that? I mean, did one of them get it wrong? Did one of them misquote? Uh, what are some other options besides like different views of what they're saying? Someone actually saw it or was part of it mm-hmm. and maybe somebody wasn't. Oh, and that's actually true, isn't it? one of those two guys was actually there and the other one wasn't. Which one was there, do you know? Do you guys know which one was there? Matthew or Luke? Which one was actually there when Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer? Wait, kids first. See if the kids know. Now, I just said you guys were different. What do you think? Matthew? Yeah, he was actually one of the disciples that was there, right? Was Luke there? In... Good night. How many disciples were there, kids? <laughs> Two? <laughs> oh, no, oh, 12, 12, 12. God, he had it, he had it. Um. Yeah. One was there, one was not. Um, I, heard a, there was an, I think there was an interesting explanation. We were talking about this at one time. Are you thinking about it right now? I, don't know. Oh. I, remember, the <laughs> I remember the conversation we were having about this, but I don't remember what the specific thing was. We, we, there was some other thoughts on that. I didn't know if any of them were popping in your head right now. Mm. And because in Matthew, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, is he? Is it? Did they say teach us to pray in Matthew? Well, the the Matthew one they don't because in Matthew it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. Part of the sermon, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And it could have been he he said both You know, the Sermon on the Mount he said it, and then when the disciples said teach us to pray, Lord, he said it then they said it a little bit differently. Yeah. That's that's one view that I think makes sense. Yeah. I think as well, a great thing to remember is that the Spirit of God, uh, Christ promised that the Spirit of God would bring to remembrance what these things would be. And so the Spirit has obviously played a role in this. And so regardless of what it may be, I think we have very reasonable explanations of these things. And so when we deal with people who try to say, oh, but that's... Well, there's reasonable understandings of this that don't have to fall into the category of a contradiction, or a, one of them misquoting. Right. Anyway, that's a side note. Um, all right. So let's take a look at let's let's look at Matthew six, that version first. And I'm going to read it out loud. You can follow along. Um, if you have anything to write with, um, when we get to the Luke one, and feel free to switch back and forth. Anything you see that is different. Try to take either mental note of or actual note of. Luke was Luke 11.1, 1, and the Matthew one is Matthew 6.5. So I'm going to read the Matthew 6.5 Lord's Prayer. Um, and actually, I'm not going to start with verse 5. I'm going to skip down to uh, verse 9. Um, he starts talking about prayer there, but... Um, I'm going to get to where he actually has the pray then like this. Verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he goes into some commentary, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, Luke 11. I'm going to start with verse 2. Amen. Yeah. So the argument that death is not sin, like that he said to different words, it's clear that the word death somehow is related to sin. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, in fact there's there's thoughts there where you go. It's just a different I mean there's lots of different words we can use for different things. It doesn't mean it means something different. Yeah. Right. Is, is Absolutely. Um, 11, 2, Luke eleven two, and he said to them, When you pray, say, Father. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. So what's the first difference that jumps out at you between the two? Anybody? What's that? Mm, Your will be done, right? Matthew has uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. This one, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. It doesn't have that next phrase, right? Anything else jump out that's different between those two? (laughs) Ah, yeah. Uh, Lead us not into temptation. Luke has that part. But Matthew's version has lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Again, it's interesting. Both those so far are just an expansion of one particular thought, right? Anything else you see in there? One's, one's already been mentioned, right? Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins. Which, even then, Luke 11, forgive us our sins, that we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us. So he actually switches back and forth between the two anyway, right? Can I see anything else? I'm looking. At, I don't remember if there was another. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in he- oh, after our will be done. Yep. Again, another expansion, right, of that one, your kingdom come, you will be done. Um, I think that's all the differences I see. So Luke's is definitely shorter, is it not? Uh, Matthew's is a little bit more extensive. Uh, I'd like to go through what I taught back then. And um, I'd like to do the, kind of a, the same thing that I did then. But since we are kind of have a more interactive situation, it'll go a little bit differently. Um, looking first at that first little phrase, our Father in heaven. Uh, our Father in heaven, when we think of addressing God as Father, I, I've actually heard people say before that was a new thing, but that it's actually not. It goes back to the Old Testament. I shared, when I preached on this last time, I shared two Old Testament passages where um, God is addressed as Father in the Old Testament. One was in Isaiah uh, uh, talking to God, for you are our father, though Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not acknowledge us. You, Lord, are our father, our redeemer from of old is your name. Um, we also have in Deuteronomy, going even back further, um, do you thus repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Is not he your father who created you, who made you and established you? Also, in the intertestamental period of time, there was several references to addressing God as father. So I don't think this is a completely brand new thing, but I do get the idea that that was sparse, is that the right word, in the Old Testament time, but it becomes much more prevalent in the New Testament time. And I think one of the reasons for that is that deeper understanding of what Christ did for us, in a, and then that we're, the fact that we're adopted into his family, that this idea of him as our father is not just an idea, but it's a reality, right? Right? It's a reality in a, in, a, in a way that's personal, not just father of Israel, but father of me. God is my father. Um, so I, I think that those are some important thoughts when we think about this. Um, I think as well that whether you had a good father or a bad father, um, I think that's it, it doesn't have to diminish how we pray. I know that some people struggle with that. If you had a father who was not a good father, you might look at this and think about God as father. I know that this is a very real thing in the community that we live in. We have lots of kids that don't have a, even a father figure in their life that is any kind of positive representation. Um, I had a student just the other day, and I may just clip this out. I'm not going to say any names anyway, but was telling me that um, they had gotten home that night before, and the father in the home, not directly, but the one who was in that role in that position, just went off the chain and this big fight happened and there was the, the mom in defending herself and he was coming at her with pictures and the glass broke and it actually jabbed it. I mean, it was just a... And so this is what this child went through the night before with this person. And so when we think about coming to someone and saying, God is your father, for some, that's, that's a foreign concept. Right? It's just a foreign concept. But it doesn't mean... That we can't teach what it ought to be, right? I love, that's one of the reasons why I love the very concept of adoption. I mean, what a great picture of father, right? And in fact, what a great picture of father by choice, right? I've chosen to be your father. It, I, I mean, my dad, he, I think he loves me, doesn't he? Does he love me? I think so. Um, but he didn't choose. In fact, he tried to convince me as a child that I wasn't really part of the family the whole time. He was constantly telling me. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Um, uh, his nickname for me was Fats. I mean, did you tell you what did did that to, to your... Uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. I was skinny kid. It's his fault. Um, but he's not in here, so I can throw him under the bus. Uh, but... Regardless, I mean, you just think about the reality that in adoption, it paints this beautiful picture of, like, I've chosen you to be my child, right? And and some people look at that and they go, oh, no, what a great thing that is. What a great thing that is. I, I love it. And reality is we all ought to love it because that's exactly what we're hoping in with our heavenly family, right? Um, I also want to say, uh, I did have one more scripture I shared that day um, when I preached on this, what father among you... If a son asks for a fish, and I know I think we even joked about this last time, some of us would be like, yeah, my dad would probably do that. <laughs> but out of love, to be funny. <laughs> well, Father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? What's the, what's the lesson that's being taught here? though? What, what is Jesus trying to say? A good father gives good gifts. And regardless how much more, right? And I love those illustrations in Scripture. The, how much more illustrations? Like this. This is just a shade of what our heavenly Father does. I've struggled with this at different times because sometimes it seems it's it's felt like I asked my heavenly Father for what I really believe was a good gift. Now this could be small things. So I'm gonna use the illustration that I, I always go to is I, I've had times where I was like, Lord, please just let my car, like I, run. Just let it run. Just let it run. I don't care if the air works, I don't care. Just let it run. And I've, I can remember, especially when I lived in Wisconsin, charity remembers these times, where I had times where like I'm, I'm going to school full time, I'm working a job full time, the car would break down, I can't afford to take it to McKinney, I'm working on it. And you take things apart, right? And then, you know how it is, if you're not a true mechanic, you put it back together with the new thing that you thought was the problem into the mix. You don't have any parts left over, but then there comes the moment of truth, right? What's the moment of truth? (laughs) Right? Right? You, you think you got everything. And I, I can remember sitting down in my red Corsica that you had for a long time, and uh, sitting down in that red Corsica after I put everything back in, and, and getting ready to turn and going, no, I can't do it yet. And, and just being like, Lord, please. <laughs> like, it, I mean, I laugh at myself now, and you guys are laughing at me. but I mean, I, I can remember having times where I had tears in my eyes. <laughs> Just start. And then, get, no, and just praying, Lord, I know that I've sinned. <laughs> Our Father, hallowed be your name. <laughs> I'm like doing this with everything I knew to do right. And and I know that there were a few times where it turned and it was, and was like, thank you, Jesus. But I also know there was times that I did all that and I went, nothing. Or, you know, okay, maybe, maybe, (laughs) again, and I, you know, and there's been even bigger things than that, where you just, ah, please, and it wasn't what you asked for, in fact, I'm looking around this room, I know every single one of you have had things like that, and then I read this, and I've had times where, I'm going to be honest, I scratched my head. It doesn't seem like he came through on his promise. Now, we've all been Christians for a long time. What, what is one explanation or one comprehension of this without just trying to let God off the hook? That's a good one. Sometimes it's not the right time. In fact, if you've been a Christian long enough, there's been times where that was a no and then sometimes much, much later you went, that was perfect. Right? that That's one. Yeah. He's trying to teach you something else. Hmm. And I, I know for a fact that with most of my car issues, there was something he was trying to teach me. And it wasn't I'm going to provide for you a car right in this moment. Sometimes it was, I'm going to provide for you in ways that you're not going to want, but I'm still going to take care of you. Because I look back now and I go, I was always it always worked out in the end. I mean, I'm here today. I mean, in those moments, do you ever have those moments where you feel like, I'm never going to make, like you just can't fathom any kind of future beyond that moment. Like it's it's incomprehensible that your life will continue on past that moment, even though it's just a car. You're just like your world is crashing down. Everything's gonna fall apart. But I'm I'm looking at it now, going like, God got me through. You know, God got me through. He did, and that that helps later on, doesn't it? When you're then praying for things now, it helps. In fact, uh, not to get ahead of myself, but I know that as we get to those next parts about um, your kingdom come, your will be done, some of us have grown to love that so immensely that we kind of almost even start there, right? As we come to our Father and we want to ask for things, we're already in that mindset of, Lord, I just want your kingdom above and beyond all things. Um, what are some other thoughts on that? Like what, what about the ones where it's like, it just seemed like that I, I don't understand how that wasn't a good thing i know the nardonis right have struggled with that praying for one particular thing and i mean you guys aren't alone in that i know i've known many people that I, you know that's one of the things as a pastor i've had the fortunate i look at now experience of being in a hospital room and praying, and Lord, and what about those things? How do you guys look at those things? I'm being honest. I mean, how do you look at those things? Is God still good to you? Do you mind speaking on it at all? I don't want to put you on the spot, but... Mm. and I keep having to come back to this time. Yeah. It's that I have a reason. this is how I know God is. Yeah. And it's hard to go through these ways of it. Mm-hmm. Anybody, uh, yeah. I'd say that I kind of have two responses. Mm-hmm. I've got a like a biblical response where I accept this truth and yeah. I have Mm. And I'm going to put up boundaries or guards against God's lessons. So are you saying like instead of, I'm just asking for clarification because I, this is how I'm hearing it. So in st- like, okay, as I go into the future, if there's something I'm not I'm not even going to ask. Is that what you're saying? Because I, I don't want to put myself in a place or I'm not going to want anything. Right, like, I'm never going to put myself in a position of need or I'm never going to allow myself. Mm. Mm. where now I'm going I'm to be in complete control of my entire existence yeah. to the exclusion of all the influences that God wants to have on me in order that I don't have to experience what I consider the negative gifts of mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that I go there sometimes. And, like, okay, I'm never gonna, never gonna be there again. I'm never gonna, you know. I have a friend of mine who um, he, he changed the entire course of his life for that. You know, that was his, that was his statement. I'm never going to be in this position. again. Mm. Um. One of the things I, I think that we do sometimes is we say, well, let's just. We need to redefine good. I mean, God gives good gifts. I think, there, I think there's truth to that. But sometimes I don't think it's as much that we need to redefine it, but it kind of hits back on what Kathy was talking about. There's re-time it. back on my back on okay um hebrews eleven thirteen the everybody knows Hebrews eleven is the faith chapter um, Abraham verse eight eleven eight talking about Abraham obeyed when he was called and talking about these things um, verse ten I think is an interesting one it starts to go to where i'm I'm headed in verse thirteen, but it says uh you know by faith he went to live in the land of promises in a foreign land verse nine I'm sorry. Um, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city, right? So he's he's got his eyes beyond here, looking forward um, to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And it goes through Sarah, but I just want to get down to verse 13 because I don't want to get too far off topic here. Um, These all died in faith. this next phrase is the one that really got me and helped me. Not having received the things promised. But having seen them and greeted them from afar. So the promise that Abraham was given, he did not get fulfilled here. That's important. But he he knew even... So just imagine, early on in his life, so to speak, being promised these things and all this time waiting. I mean, he got Isaac. That's not the same thing as people without number. (laughs) That's one, right? Land talking about land promises and, right, Joshua. But he did not get what was promised. Sometimes the good that God has, it's it's not a, and this is why I love, we've been reading all these C.S. Lewis books, this is why I love C.S. Lewis who paints these pictures of what's coming. And he always does this thing in all of his books, whether it's the Chronicles of Narnia, at the end of the Chronicles of Narnia, or he's talking about it in the book we just read, um, Pilgrim's Regress or The Great Divorce, all these books. He paints this picture, and one of the things he does all the time is he talks about there, and he, when he references here, this is always like this dim, shadowy representation of everything there, he used, usually uses the words, is more solid than what's here. It's always more glorious and more grand, and more. and I think that sometimes we forget that, that this is just a moment, and whatever promises we feel that God has not f- come through on, the, the, the reality is sometimes we have to look at them not just as like, well, maybe this is the good thing and not that's the good thing, but instead maybe we have to go, the good's still coming, and we just need to look afar. There's a grand and glorious good there. I think especially that helps with those that we've lost. Because we, we we sense and we feel their loss here. But the reality is in these promises of God, there's a land. There are people. And they are very solid. They're not wispy ghosts. Right? And one day we're gonna be there. And the hugs that we give there are gonna be more real than the hugs that we give here. Right? The embraces we give there are going to be more real than the embraces we give here. And so I think that sometimes with this, this good, our father gives good gifts. Sometimes we have to embrace, just like with when we do with our own children, there are some things that these guys can't get, right, that are good gifts. But with your little ch- sorry, Ava looks disappointed, You can't have it yet, sorry. I don't even know what it is. Your dad knows. He's not giving it to you yet. (laughs) But there's some things that uh, as earthly fathers, we know uh, it's no, but it's not because it's not good. It's not because it's not, it's not, it's, it's not yet. And then we have to look past the idea that the not yet may be just like later on in this life. Sometimes the not yet is, Not in this life. And that's not a lesser thing. That's a greater thing. But we have to really look like Abraham looks at things, don't we? We have to see it and acknowledge it from afar. And that's so hard to do, isn't it? It's so hard to do. I have really used up all my time on one thing. I am so sorry. (laughs) But if you really want to hear this full thing talked about, June 19th. Edgewood Sermon Audio, feel free, go back, listen to the whole thing. Because I don't want to do a whole other Sunday school on it, especially because I'm not going to be here next week, so I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe we'll just, yeah, question. And just to relate to everyone. This past week I watched a movie that was wonderful, and based on kind of some of your hmm. talk right now, Father Stu. I don't know if you've ever seen it yet. Uh, I've seen the preview for it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Netflix, I think. Yeah. But oh my gosh, it's really, really good. And hits a lot of these mm. So, yeah. Um, I think in a different way, but I always think of people like Joni Erickson Tata. If you guys know who she is, just what a joyful person. Um. Anyway, I've completely got off track here. Let, let me do this. Let me, because I, I'm obviously not going to have time to continue this up. Can we just maybe, as we close this time in the next 15, 10, 15 minutes, um, I, because I noticed down at the bottom of my notes, when we get down to, um, you know, give us this day our daily bread, that, that area of asking, there were, I had included in the notes some prayer requests. Um, I'd like to share with you some of them. Um, one of them was Steve Danner's health. Um, Steve is going to be going. Is it this week or next week? He's had the the surgery. It was this week? It went well. well. And at the time, he didn't even know it was wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The second one, Lexi and Austin, we were praying for Dawson's health, Mm -hmm. right? Got to answer that prayer. Um, We were praying for Shelly Knee. We were praying for Amanda Walker to get a job eventually, because I think that was when she first heard that she was going to... Didn't she just get hired? I know she'd had the drug test. started Started it. There you go. Um, uh, we were praying for Josiah to know where to go to college. He's at college now. Um, uh, <clears throat> we were praying for... Um, Charity and I had made that decision to um, have her stop working full-time um, so she could do a lot more with the church and make sure I don't die. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, we were praying for financial provision and just and God has been providing for us. Um, We were praying for Simone, um, provision for the program, and she's made it to the point now where she's working. Um, Last I checked, I mean, she's been being covered. I haven't heard anything since. I was going to check with her today. But I thought that was interesting just looking back because I don't do that very often, looking back over this thing. So I thought it'd be interesting to say, what are some things that i know are pressing upon us now that we can say that we can go to our heavenly father i know one of them is king and that one every time we think this is the week it's not <laughs> so do you have an update for this anything coming up no okay all right so this is something we can commit to pray for lord it's it's hard because what we're talking about I know you know, and I know, we know, there's that little tiny bit that goes, how could this derail? And so coming to God as our heavenly father and trusting him is hard. But what other option do we have? Uh, My mom's um, neighbor gave her a, uh, a book on Buddhism to give to me and she was glancing at it, and I took a peek at it this morning. I'm like, so, oh, man, I'm so th-. Her, Your comment was, I'm so grateful that God allowed me to be born in a culture where I got to know who Christ was so early on in my life, which, you know, wasn't even as a child, but as an adult. And you just think, what? We have a Father, Heavenly Father. We're not just working towards good feelings that hopefully will pan out in the end. Um... I know we're praying for Andrew, right? Any updates on what's what's the next big thing coming along? Mediation. Okay. Yeah. Just. Yes. Okay. I guess my big prayer is that we'll be able to get things finalized within the next six months. Okay. Or restoration. Right. That's yeah. The yeah. Um, I know Paul's been under a lot of stress with new job, new house. Um, anything else broken in the last week? I was waiting for you to come back and be like, what's that? Things got fixed? Awesome, awesome. Praise the Lord. Um, I thought you could come back and be like, the roof caved in. and the, the, uh, <laughs> No. Um, We've been praying for Austin. I'm getting the, the cut um, from my dad. Um, let me pray for those Three things because I got the... So let me pray for those three things. And, Heavenly Father, we come before you, trusting in you, hoping, Lord, in your goodness, Lord, and uh, not just there, but also here, Lord. We're hoping for some interventions and some things here and now. Lord, one of them is for King, Lord. We would love to see something come to just a resolution of being clear. Lord, actually, let's just pray, Lord, exactly what we're hoping for. Lord, we believe in our best understanding that the best place on this planet for king would be living with Jeff and with Tiffany in that home, with that earthly mother and father, Lord. So we're going to pray, God, that you will make that happen. Lord, we trust you. We believe in you. But Lord, this is how we're seeing it and we're hoping for. And Lord, I pray that very soon and hopefully by this next date that that will come to a complete resolution. Lord, and they can just build those roots in him from this point forward without fear of what else may happen. Lord, I pray for that situation. Lord, we commit it to you, but Lord, we're hoping for this good outcome. Lord, I pray as well that you be with Andrew, his kids, Lord, his wife. Lord, we pray primarily, Lord, we love to see repentance and restoration and uh, restoring, Lord, but if not, Lord, we pray that your hand, your good hand, will bring Andrew and his children through this, Lord, with your grace and your, your hand in every step of the way. Lord, I pray that you'd be with Paul. Lord, I pray that you continue to provide for um, him in, in this house that he's got now. Lord, I pray that you'd just um, let everything stay together <laughs> for the next few weeks. Lord, I pray that as he's with this new job, Lord, I pray that you'd just bless him and his family and all they're endeavoring to do. Lord, in all these things, Lord, we commit our lives to you. And we pray, Lord, that you continue to guide and direct. And Lord, just grow us up with an understanding of you as our Heavenly Father. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.